This is Views from the Watershed. I'm Lizzie Mogul, your tour guide. We're here at the Shavertown Bridge boat launch on the Papacton Reservoir. Across the road is the trailhead for the Shavertown Trail, which climbs up to some great views. The Papacton here and the Cannonsville to the west were the last two reservoirs to be built for the New York City water system, completed in 1955 and 1964, respectively. So the construction of the reservoirs and the displacement that it entailed are still within the living memory of this part of the Catskills. One quick thing, you'll need a free DEP access permit if you want to put a boat into the reservoir, and your boat needs to be steam cleaned first. You don't need an access permit for the Shavertown Trail. My name is Adam Bosch. My name is Mary Ann Greenfield. My name is Diane Galusha. It was J. Waldo Smith, the um, Board of Water Supplies chief engineer, who warned the city as early as 1920 that consumption of water in the city was going to outstrip demand in short order. In the city's experience, well, every time they finished a reservoir and provided more water, they would have to then build another reservoir. So in the 20s, the city began to explore yet more potential sites, and they came up with the Delaware River, which has a main stem and also the east and west branches. And they thought there's a handy place to build a couple of reservoirs. They were quickly disabused of that notion by other states who also valued the Delaware River, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and Delaware. This being an interstate waterway whose water was used by many cities, Philadelphia and Trenton among them. New York City's plans to capture water close to the source on the east and west branches was immediately opposed. This was a legal battle that went all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court, which in 1931 did allow the city to claim water from the Delaware River. The Supreme Court rules in a rather eloquent and famous ruling that essentially says the city can dam those rivers, but it creates an office, the office of the Delaware River Master, to oversee the proportionate use of those waters so that the city would have a limit on how much water it could take. It would have to release water downstream to meet certain flow targets at Montague and Trenton, New Jersey, and that New Jersey would have certain rights to certain amounts of water to take for its citizens and so on and so forth. They proceeded to build the Neversink Reservoir, the Rondout Reservoir, and then the Papacton Reservoir, and in the late 50s and early 60s, the Cannonsville Reservoir. Those four reservoirs making up the Delaware water supply. The first reservoir to be constructed was the Neversink near Grahamsville. At the same time, they began the construction of the Delaware Aqueduct, a deep rock tunnel, hundreds of feet beneath the ground. The Rondout Reservoir was constructed. It's kind of on the boundary of Ulster and Sullivan County, and it is actually the collecting reservoir for the Delaware system meaning that the other three reservoirs send their water through tunnels to the Rondout. By 1943, there were serious problems with acquiring materiel for construction during the war years, 
And so they basically put both of those reservoirs in mothballs for a couple of years until the end of the war. The first parts of the Delaware system are turned online in 1944 in an emergency because the city needs more water to support efforts related to World War II. In fact, when Mayor Fiorella LaGuardia came up to turn the valves and open them for the first time at Rondout Reservoir, the reservoir wasn't even done yet. All he did was take the Rondout Creek and put it into a pipe and send it to New York City. It's built differently than the Catskill system. Catskill system was meant to be sort of New York City's showpiece to the great societies of the world. Now you're building the Delaware system in the midst of the depression, the war, and the buildings that had big carvings on them are now instead squat little humble brick buildings. They serve the same function, they work just as well, but they are not built to the same scope, scale, and grandeur of the buildings of the Catskill system. They end up building Papacton Reservoir, which is the largest reservoir in the system, holds about 140 billion gallons of water. It's our deepest reservoir as well. It provides on its own about 25% of the water that goes to New York City in a typical year. The Delaware system is different than the Catskill system. Those same glacial sediments don't really exist in the western part of the Catskills. The western Catskills are not as steep as the eastern Catskills. Therefore, tends to be more consistently high quality through storms and other challenges. In 1954, they uh, completed the Papacton Reservoir, and in 1965, completed the Cannonsville Reservoir. And people paid the price for this progress. There were about 1,000 people in the Rondout Reservoir who had to move. There were maybe 350 people or so who moved out of the Neversink, which was much more sparsely populated. There were 1,000 people in the Papacton and another thousand or so in the Cannonsville. And they all experienced displacement, the same system of eminent domain. The signs that were erected on the roads around the reservoirs back in the early 2000s, former site of Arena, former site of Broadhead's Bridge, those are physical reminders to us that there were communities there beneath those waters. The people who lived in this area at the time were told, eventually, you're going to have to move. But people didn't really understand what that meant. They didn't really think it was ever going to happen. So they didn't act on it. The farm had been in the family for a hundred years at that point, and they weren't just going to up and leave it. And where would they go anyway, especially if they have family buried in the cemetery and their church and their school and their neighbors? It kind of dropped like an anvil on them. They really were not paid enough for what they were giving up. I have a girlfriend whose father was in the cattle business in the Cannonsville area and he was paid a pittance of what his business was worth. His family was in litigation from the 1950s until both the lawyer died and my friend's father died. I was in high school when one of my closest girlfriends, her home was taken for the Cannonsville Reservoir. We went to her house and all of the glass had been removed, windows were gone. We could walk through the house and it was eerie because there was no furniture, 
It was echoey. You could hear your footsteps. But the thing that struck me the most was you could see the wallpaper in each room. There was nothing to obscure it. No furniture, no paintings on the walls, no curtains. There's no other sign of human habitation. Former residents of Papacton and Cannonsville Reservoirs have annual gatherings, and they bring photographs and scrapbooks and memories and share stories uh, once a year, usually. Folks from Arena and Shavertown and Union Grove and Papacton and the five communities in the Cannonsville get together and renew old friendships. You know, of course, every year there are fewer and fewer of them. The torch has been taken up to some extent by their children and their grandchildren. It's really important that we don't forget and that the people who drink this water don't forget that a lot of people gave up a lot. Their voices may be silent, but we have to appreciate their sacrifices and not waste water. It's a resource that was purchased at great cost and needs to be respected and protected. So many people, most people, who drink this water have no clue of its history and what it took to get it to them, but they would not survive without it. Well, I think a lot about the losses of property and communities and history, I also recognize how much was gained. New York City would not be the premier city in the world had folks in the Catskills not made these sacrifices. They made them under duress. They weren't allowed to say no, but they share in the accomplishments of the Board of Water Supply and of the many unnamed laborers who built this system. Think of the millions of people over all of these generations that have drunk Catskill water. I think we all can share some pride in that. It really is pretty amazing. Thanks for listening to another episode of Views from the Watershed. Learn more about this program at walkingthewatershed.com slash podcast tour.